calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Your Angry Angry Neighborhood Feminist. Feminist. This is a podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Keegan, how are you doing this week? I'm actually doing pretty well this week. This week has been a fine week for me. And you know what? It's weird because, like, I've not left my house almost at all. I left my house on Tuesday to go get some tacos. But that's the only time I've left my house today at all. And I'm doing actually okay. How are you? I'm okay. I've, I've been better. You know, I said last week that once I adjusted my meds and everything, I started feeling much better. So I've been doing really well. Um, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. I feel like I'm now going kind of in waves where like I'll have moments of complete despair and moments where I'm like, I could do this for a long time. It's fine. You know, it just kind of depends on the day or even the hour sometimes. But I feel like I'm kind of starting to get the hang of things. Yeah, I mean, for me, life in quarantine is actually okay right now. It's just the other things that are being affected by it. Like, we decided that, I mean, we have to postpone our wedding. We're doing that. I heard back from the venue, unfortunately, we're going to end up having to postpone our wedding much, much, much further than we had intended. Um, And that sucks. It feels shitty. And I spent a good amount of time crying about it this week. You know, um, you can cut this out, but have you thought of just going to the chapel and getting married just to get married? We've discussed that. And at this point, if I could get my money back from the venue, that's kind of what I would do. I would just be like, let's put money down on a house and let's just elope. Anthony is very, very against it. Okay. So, yeah. So I just wanted to ask because that's I've heard a couple other friends talk about. Yeah. I've heard of. I've heard a lot of people say that they want to get married legally and then still have the party with everybody. But for me, and I'm, I'm not like shaming anybody who wants to do that, like to each their own. And if it works for you, then that's great. But for me, I kind of feel like if we get married already, then what's the point? Then like doing the vows in front of my friends and family would just feel performative. Unless you didn't and tell anybody. I want to do that. Yeah, but it'd still feel performative to me. Like, yeah. if no, I'm like, I totally, we've already done our vows, you know? I totally understand it. I would, I think I would do it. 
because yeah. I'm the, I'm the type that since I was very young, I've kind of just wanted to elope anyways. Sorry, mom. That's actually a fear she's had, I guess, when I was younger. I didn't know that. Um, but that's something that I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like the day I get proposed to and be like, let's just go to the chapel on Magnolia and just do it. And then like later on, we'll have like a real big wedding. I don't know. I'm just such a, like an impatient person too that I'm like, let's do it now, you know? Yeah, I just don't think I could do both. Like it would either be like an elopement and then we're done and put the money down on a house or it's the big wedding. For yep. me, I don't, I don't see doing both. But I mean, a lot of people are doing that right now and mm-hmm. a lot of people are finding that a good way to cope. Yeah. So... I don't shame any anything anyone needs to do. No, to, like, to each get, his own, you get know. Through it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Keegan and I are gonna start with the horribleness. <laughs> We're gonna start with the worst and work our way to the best. Uh, we discussed that our horrible thing is the same thing and it is the thing that I'm hoping is on a lot of people's minds, and that is the murder of Ahmad Arbery. Um he was actually killed on February twenty third, but just uh yesterday, so Wednesday for us, I believe. Was it or was it Tuesday, Keegan, that the video came out? The video came out on Tuesday. So it came out on the fifth. And okay. I mean, and this is part of what makes it so deeply upsetting as well. Like I was having this conversation with Anthony and he was just like, you know, if this because this wasn't the way that I was feeling at all because I've been on social media. I've been unfriending people. I told you, like, social media is, like, wearing me out. So it was surprising to hear Anthony say, thank God for social media. And I yeah. was like, what? And he was like, well, thank God somebody got this on camera and put it on social media but I gotta this say, this happened in February. Yeah, but I got to say, there is investigation into the person who recorded it because some people are hearing, like, a gun cocking in the video. Um, so that's just like a rumor I've heard, but there there have people been people saying that uh, the man in the video could potentially be not responsible. What's the word I'm looking for? But like not the best guy either, you know. But well, the thing but is, it, it's Georgia though. Like yeah, I don't no, know. I get for it. me, I get like it. Pe- look, you know how my stance on gun control. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody in this podcast. That like I I believe in gun control. I think that we need to be regulating this stuff. But a gun cocking in a video for people from the Midwest or from the South, it's kind of like that's not. He saw something happening and right. he cocked his gun. Not the best, but also not an indicator that he's a bad person or a true. bad guy true you know um, or involved in any way yeah that's true and i do want to say i heard about this like pretty much as soon as it came out through sean king and i've been following him for the most part and i know that there are people that are not the biggest fans of him i had no idea about that until this morning when for, i saw a couple for why because apparently it's not his actual work and it's it's people who are trying to basically discredit the things that he does and I think it's absolutely Okay, but that's social media. Like, it is. So it is. it's not it's, his... I looked, I looked it up because somebody actually commented on the photo that I reposted of, of his from his Instagram and they were like, stop, you know, reposting his quote-unquote work. And so I looked it up because I was like, oh gosh, like should I not be you know, following this person and posting this stuff. So I looked it up and there was nothing credible at all. So I just wanted to say, but I'm incredibly appreciative to that man for posting these things because there's so many things that I've seen and been aware of because I'm following that page and he's so on top of his shit and everybody that follows him is so on top of their shit. And like, it's amazing how quickly um, this uh, that social media can pull this stuff together. 
Yeah, in my opinion, this is a man with a platform. Yeah. And I understand that it can get murky on the internet. There's a lot of like meme accounts and things like that where people don't give credit. And of course, like that is a shitty thing to do. You should always credit artists or comedians who are coming up with these tweets or memes or whatever. I do my best. You should always be doing that. And we do do our best. We miss the mark sometimes, you know, I'm but we do our best. I don't do it on purpose. I'm horrible at remembering to do it. And then I always see it in the comments and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> And so I understand people being critical of Sean King if they feel like he's taking work from other people. But at the same time, and yes, he should be giving credit. Absolutely, he should be giving credit. And if he's not doing that, that's a mistake on his part. But he is a person who has a platform to be a voice for social justice. Mm -hmm. And it's his responsibility to use that platform. I agree. So I am not going to remove him from that you know yeah. I think it's important that he's able to do that so Definitely. let's explain to people because I know that we yeah. have a lot of um, non-US listeners yes we also have a lot of listeners who are maybe right now disengaged from social media or mm-hmm. from the news because they're overwhelmed with COVID-19 news Definitely. Um, and so maybe they're not as tuned into this issue mm-hmm. uh, as we are so do yeah. you want to give like a brief rundown yeah before we even start I wanted to talk a little bit about who Ahmad Arbery is because I feel like that's probably the most important thing is to honor this man's memory. Uh, he was only 25 years old and he was an unarmed black man who was out on a jog, something apparently his family says he was an avid runner. He did this often and he was shot and killed by two white supremacists, uh, the McMichaels, a father and son duo. Uh, they say that they were following him because they thought that he matched the description of somebody who had been burglaring houses nearby. Now, that I say allegedly heavily. <laughs> right. I want to chime in just briefly just to say that there are a lot of people online who are like, you should stop saying white supremacists because we don't have any evidence that they are actually racist um, because I guess they weren't wearing a KKK hood or whatever. And that's true. They weren't doing that. But their actions are are racist actions, whether yeah. consciously or not. Yeah. If you want to argue that it wasn't a conscious form of lynching, because there's been a lot of comparisons mm-hmm. um, and and comparing this to essentially being a modern day lynching. Yeah. If you want to go down that path and say, well, they they weren't necessarily white supremacists, fine. However, their actions you have to look at their actions and say, would they have done this if this had been a 25-year-old white man running in the neighborhood? Would they have done this? No. And the answer is no. And they certainly wouldn't have done it the way they did it, which is horrifying. Yeah, so whether so- they're out and out like proud racists or not, they're racist. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to describe what happens in the video, because honestly, Max originally told me not to watch it. Um, I saw another video last week that we were going to discuss on the show and ran out of time. That was very upsetting to me. And I had a really hard time with it. And but today when I was reading about this, I was just going to kind of like read about the video and write about it. But I felt like if I were to do that, I wanted to watch the video. And uh, so this is kind of the rundown of what happens. There is an unidentified witness in a vehicle behind Arbery uh, caught who caught the attack on his phone, like we said. So in the beginning, we see him jogging along a two lane road. And there's like a white pickup truck parked to the side as well. And there's two men. One is standing on like the driver's side door and one is standing in the bed of the truck. And he and 
um, Arbery starts trying to weave around the cars, basically. He kind of like veers to the right to get out of the road. And so we kind of get him off camera for a second. Then he comes back. Right. So it, sh- it should be said that this truck cuts him off. Yes. So, it, I mean, it, imagine how scary that would be. It's like you're on a jog, especially like we as women can fully relate mm-hmm. to this outside of, you know, being a black woman, just being a woman. If a car with two men in it, a truck with two men in it came alongside me and then cut me off while I was t- trying to run. Yeah. Um, it would be a very scary situation. Yeah. I'd be horrified. So he's clearly trying to get out of the way and avoid these men and avoid the situation. And then in the audio, we hear a gunshot. The, the video is not totally clear at this point. But then we kind of follow an altercation between um, Arbery and one of the McMichael men. And it's interesting because we posted something yesterday and the comments that, I, that we've been receiving are really interesting um, about people saying that Arbery was the one that approached the McMichaels. And that's what made them shoot. And it's to me, it's, and they're like, oh, the video isn't clear enough. To me, the video is very okay. clear. And and here's a few things regardless. Here's a few things regardless. Whether or not he approached them, they cut him off. Mm-hmm. So if you go up to somebody and you say, what the fuck, man? Like, why did you cut me off? Yeah. First of all, that doesn't warrant anybody shooting you. And secondly, the McMichaels, the father... He saw Arbery running in the neighborhood. He called his son. So there's premeditation there. He called his son and they both got weapons on purpose. And they say that they are like, well, we didn't know if he was armed or not. So we got guns. So you hunted this person. You Mm -hmm. went, you got weapons. You don't know if this is the person that you're looking for. Even if it is the person that you're looking for, why do you need to be armed? Why wouldn't you, you know, all the time white supremacists or white supremacist apologists that I see a lot on social media will say, well, why didn't they call the police? Why did they do this? Why did they do that? Right. So it's like, well, why didn't the McMichaels call the police? Right. That's why what didn't they let, about. Well, I mean, and part of it is that um, the father is a former DA. So I wonder if maybe he felt some sort of privilege that he, you know, they, they described them as like vigilantes, basically. And um, okay, sorry, that's not how life works. Yeah, I'm sorry. You don't get to just go hunt people because you think maybe possibly they broke into some houses. Right. You don't get to do that. That's not how this works. Right. So anyway, back to the video. So it's clear that there is an altercation. And at one point, which is the most jarring point to me, uh, one of the men obviously is carrying a shotgun or what appears to be a shotgun. And it is held point blank up to Arbery and we hear another gunshot and it's done. And that to me on the video, the sounds, everything that I saw to me is incredibly clear. The men's intent, uh, their clear racism and very, very clear evidence of what happened. So the fact that anybody can look at this video and say that this wasn't done by a racist person or wasn't done with the intent to kill or premeditation or anything else. I'm going to go a step further and say that anybody who spits that shit out of their mouth, they're racist too. I'm going to go ahead and say that because you're flipping over backwards doing mental gymnastics to justify this situation when you would never do that if this was another another person. If this was a white woman who this happened to, you wouldn't be bending over backwards saying, well, she approached them. Well, she did these things. They 
called each other, got weapons, got in their car, hunted him, cut him off, and then shot him. Yeah. There is no... In what way could that possibly be his fault? He was unarmed completely. And with what he was wearing, there's no way it even looked like he was armed. Right. So his just you have been so conditioned to believe that black bodies are so threatening that just his mere presence without having a weapon of any kind well, was he, enough to justify your fear. Well, and again, I'm going to specify that even further. It was a, it was a black man running and white people fear black men running. I was I just started watching the OJ documentary Made in America and they were talking about the Hertz commercial that OJ did where he's running through the airport trying to get to his rental car on time. And of course Hertz is ready to give him his car and his keys and whatever, so they're like, you know, be as fast as Hertz. That's kind of the whole thing. Well, they were like, well we can't have a black man just like running through the airport so what they did is they hired like a white grandma a group of like white looking girl scouts or girl scout looking white girls and another guy to be like go oj go to make it seem less threatening to the white people who would be consuming this commercial so the and that's something that i read kamala harris say as well that he committed no crime he was shot because he was a black man exercising he was a black man running and that scared these men and they assumed because there was burglaries it's but just, it's cannot, absolutely ridiculous You cannot to me. say you are scared if you are looking for it. Mm-hmm. If you're scared, then hide. If you're scared, why the fuck are you seeking it out? You don't get to say you were afraid and that's why you shot. If you sought it out, you sought out the danger, yeah. in quotes. So you don't get to fucking say that. It's so infuriating to me. I've cried about this. I've been extremely upset about this. And a part of what makes me so upset is I watched the video of his mom talking and she doesn't, she seems resigned. Like she doesn't seem, she's not crying. She She seems exhausted and over it. And like she's accepted this. Yeah. Like that this was just a possibility of a thing that could happen to her 25 year old son and it did and it's a worst case scenario and that sucks but it's a reality for so many black people in this country and so many black mothers have to grow up with this fear that this might happen to them Mm -hmm. and it broke my heart to watch her talk about this in almost a matter of fact way yeah yeah and it's just you know she she was asked if she saw the video and she said I saw my son come into the world and seeing him leave the world is not something I'll ever want to see and I I actually commend her bravery on that I think that's something that a lot of parents struggle with when their children are hurt in some way they feel like they need to um, experience that pain through them but I, I kind of find it very aware of his mother to realize that she wants to keep the memories of her son as happily as possible. And I think part of that is what you just said is the strange um, acceptance that she had that it happened. And, you know, we've discussed how you feel toward your brothers, too. And it's that feeling of like it's a fear that you've had in your mind since the day you've heard of being afraid of cops or being afraid of, you know, white people in general. I don't know. I don't know, you know, how everybody was raised, but I feel like it's something that 
you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but do you feel like it's something that maybe a lot of families prepare for in their minds without even really realizing it? I, I think that a lot of black families prepare for this subconsciously. I think a lot of black families prepare for this very consciously. Uh, you know, there have been conversations, and in fact, I think it was also an episode on Blackish um, about the talk, having the talk, when to have the talk, specifically with your black sons, about this is, uh, you have to be extra careful. This is a thing that could happen to you. And, um, unfortunately it's just been interwoven into our culture and into our DNA as a people in this country. And it's incredibly, incredibly sad. And what's even more sad is in addition to this guy's life being taken whenever he just went out on a jog, there's no way that he knew when he left the house that day that that was the last time he was going to leave his house. That was the last time he was going to see his loved ones. There's no way he could have known that. But in addition to that, as we'll get into now, the people who shot him, this happened back in February. Nothing happened to them. Nothing happened to them at the time. Mm -hmm. So after this happened, um, they basically said they gave their own version of events in which they said that he matched the description of somebody who had been breaking in to homes in their neighborhood, which I would love to hear that description because what is the description? Blackmail. Exactly. Is the extent of the description. Yeah. Um, and that the father saw him while he was running. They saw him look in the window of a house that was under construction and then continue along his jog. Now, Let me just say the number of times that me and my mom, we get curious about properties. We've seen properties whose houses are for sale. If they're empty, we'll go look in the windows because we're like, oh, I wonder what the inside looks like. Oh, and my mom always grabs the papers and we always want to walk around this. It's a for sale or under construction. To me, yes, to me, my first instinct when I heard that was this is a 25 year old man who's just getting his career together. He sees a house that's under construction that may eventually be for sale. And maybe he's thinking, hey, maybe I want to live in this neighborhood. What's this house look like on the inside? Yeah, we have that's no idea. Or even just right? curiosity. No even just because like, and, that's one thing that Max, that's like what we do on walks when Max and I take Penny out and we walk all through the neighborhoods, we pick out the things we like and dislike in houses. Like that, we do that all the time. Yeah, it's we do great. that every time we go for a walk. And also, there's no proof that this actually even happened. Exactly. We only have we only have. The well, but dad's, we're still poking uh, holes in their story. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. So we're poking holes in their story. So that's what he says happened. So after this entire altercation, then the dad says, "Well, after we confronted him, which first of all, why are you confronting him at all? Mm-hmm. But after we confronted him, he tried to take the gun from my son, and then there was a struggle." over the gun and my son shot him like this is the story that they're giving and so the DA or the sheriff I can't remember who it was who took their information they basically said that this was a citizen's arrest gone wrong that's Mm -hmm. what they said and under Georgia law there are allowed to be citizens arrests yes there are but there are allowed to be citizens arrests for crimes yep Exactly. This wasn't a crime. Well, and that's the so thing it, is that there was no investigation into, well, as far as I'm aware of, they didn't give any sort of investigation that was done into that crime. So for them to automatically assume that this is just a citizen's arrest when they aren't even aware if this was the person that did, the, does that make sense? Am I making any sense? Yes. No, okay. you are. Because that's the thing for me because is it's like, 
then they should have to do an investigation into who was doing these burglaries to find out if this really was the person who was doing the burglaries and then decide, which anyways should never be shot, should not be killed, should not be okay. Right, and even if that was the case, right? Even if he had been the person who was doing the burglaries, Uh at the moment that they stopped him, he was not committing a crime. And as far as I am aware, the citizen's arrest law only applies if you are stopping someone in the middle of a crime, which was not the situation that was happening anyway. And so... They were released. They were not arrested. No charges were filed. And they were just living their life. They've been living their life since February. And a lot of people suspect that that is because the father has a past history in law enforcement. One hundred fifty percent. I believe that it is a combination of we protect our own meaning boys in blue and also we protect our own meaning white people and also this was a black guy so we could get away with this and to anthony's point um saying thank god for social media if this video had not surfaced nothing would have happened exactly literally nothing which should tell you how often this happens in our country there was another there was another video posted on sean king's page either today or very late last night of another you know, a police attack on a young unarmed black man. I saw the one where the guy was beating the shit out of the guy. That was the one last Sean King posted. Yeah. Yeah. There was one yesterday because it was, um, they were arresting somebody for not wearing like a facial covering or something and beat him up. I didn't watch the whole thing. I just watched the beginning. I have to like mentally prepare myself first and know what's going to happen before I watch it or else it's too much for me. Yeah. And so speaking to that point, um, Take care of your mental health, right? I I always say that. I'm like, only take in what you can take in. However, I do push people. It's horrible. It's horrible. It made me cry. It's awful Mm -hmm. to watch. But it's the same way I felt about Philando Castile. It's the same way I felt about watching that video. Devastating. Difficult to watch. Watch it anyway. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you can. Watch it anyway. Because like, you will not ever fully grasp the horror of this situation unless you fucking see it right and something that i've also thought about because yesterday when max told me about it i did not feel okay to watch it and i i thought about that because the what you just said is something that i wholeheartedly believe as well if these people have to live through this then the least that i can do is at least watch a couple minutes of this video to under to try my very best to understand this person's reality I 100% agree with that. And yesterday I felt kind of guilty for not wanting to watch this video right away and needing to kind of mentally prepare myself. And I thought about the fact that this man should have never, ever been shot in the first place. He didn't, you know, he didn't want this evil to be, you know, seen in the world. You know, it was something that I had to kind of like think about. And then when I was doing the research and everything, I was like, no, I actually I need to watch this video. It's just it's hard. I feel like especially right now, like all of our psyches are so fragile that it's hard where I'm like, what I I was trying to like talk myself into it and out of it at the same time and trying to figure it out. I'm glad I watched it. But yeah, I well, especially if you're young, be careful. Yeah, I'm not here to say that you need to do this thing, right? Like, take in what you're capable of doing. Like, I don't ever want to push somebody to do something that they are, like, mentally and emotionally not prepared for. 
Um, that's not my intention, but I do also think that sometimes we need to push ourselves outside of what is comfortable for us in order to really take in the reality of how horrible a situation is. Agreed. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes it just takes that. It takes actually seeing it. Um, so, you know, check in with yourself, examine whether that's something that you're capable of, mm-hmm. but if it is, Please, please do it. And also share this story. Yes. Um, my mom actually sent me a thing. I'm going to try and do it. But I was just talking to you about how difficult work has been. And also podcasting stuff. I'm really falling behind. And I'm a little stressed. But the day this episode comes out, May 8th. If you listen to this early enough in the day, they are doing a worldwide run Um run for him so uh if that's something that you're interested in wear a white shirt uh go for a run for ahmad and um post that on social media justice for ahmad i'm gonna do do that that i'm gonna have that recess tomorrow yeah i really want to do it um tomorrow but it's just going to depend on if i actually have the time you know what keeks i think i encourage everyone to do that take a lap around the house Take have Anthony take yes. his take his phone out, get a white shirt on, do a couple laps around the house. You know, it's also yeah. there's protests that are going to be going on, but also we are in a time where we have to be careful of who we're interacting with and being in big groups of people. And you know, there are yes. there is going to be a larger demonstration tomorrow as well for this you know run with Ahmad thing. And I think it's wonderful, but also it scares me that people are going to be getting sick. So please, when you do yes. this, be careful. Um, practice social distancing guidelines and things like that. Uh, yes. One positive: wear your mask if you go out to run. Exactly. Uh, one positive thing: where you know we are trying our best to ke- be better about our time here. So one more thing that we need to say, though, is that right before we started recording this, so we is obviously Thursday evening for us, uh, the McMichaels were arrested, which is huge. Yeah. Within about so, within like 24 hours, they were found and arrested. Right. All they need. All they needed was some pressure. So um, Joe Biden had tweeted about the fact that there needed to be some um, consequences mm-hmm. for the McMichaels uh, and also the the governor of Georgia was like, this isn't cool because you can't expect him to know everything that's happening in his state. Um, So once this was brought to his attention, he actually addressed that as well, where he was like this, we have to take a a, a deeper look at this. So Gregory McMichael, who is 64 and Travis McMichael, who is 34, um, were both charged with murder and aggravated assault and they were taken into custody and booked today. So we'll see what happens there. You know me, my hopes are forever very low, uh, but it is something, and I hope that that brings at least some amount of solace to his family. Right. I also want to say that Ava DuVernier tweeted earlier today or yesterday, I can't remember which day, but uh, she said to text justice to 55156 to try and get the district attorney, George Barnhill, to resign. Yes. So that is something that you can do. You can also call to make your voice heard at 912-554-7200 because this person should not be in a place of power at all uh, in Georgia. So if that's something that you're interested in. We as a people have done this before when, I don't remember his name, but when the judge who sentenced Brock Turner did what he did. Aaron Penske or something, something like that? Something like that. Fuck that guy. Um, <clears throat> he was basically forced out of office as well. So, you know, this is something that is possible, and especially with the power of social media. And 
it's probably a good thing that we're all stuck at home right now on our phones because it's stuff that we can be really aware of quite easily. Yeah. What else are you doing? Send that text message. Exactly. Do sign that sign that petition when you see it on Facebook. Yeah. Do it. Share it on your Instagram. Talk to your friends about it. Share this episode. Share someone else's episode talking about it. You know, anything to get the word out. And there are a couple petitions as well. I'm thinking about um, my friend Lauren posted one that I think I might post to our bio. It's at least going to be at my bio, which my Instagram is uh, she's mad again. Um, I'm going to put that up this evening if you want to sign that petition. Um, Keegan, we're already at a half an hour. Do you want to? We are. I'm going to skip the things that I had on here. I'll just say what I had to talk about, but we won't talk about them today. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg was hospitalized and everybody was like, (gasps) but then they were like, she's doing okay. So everybody was like, (laughs) oh, so um, there's that. And then also Trump's valet. Okay, I don't mean to laugh. But no, Trump's valet you can laugh. It's okay. contracted the coronavirus and he is furious about it. Furious. And he's not furious that his valet has the coronavirus and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry for my valet. He's furious that he feels like other people haven't been protecting him well enough. Yeah. Um, because he's a true narcissist and he's also a person who doesn't wear a mask ever. So maybe you're not protecting yourself well enough, sir. Very um, true. But those are the only things that I had. I know you had some surviving and thriving things to Talk about. Yeah, I have two really great things for you guys to look into from the comfort of your own home. If you are so interested, I've been watching Some Good News by John Krasinski on YouTube every morning with tea that he has a new episode and it starts my day off so well, starts his day off well. So if you have kids, especially, I would recommend it because it's awesome because he has the news on that his parents have on in the morning. So it's nice to kind of like reverse that a little bit with something more positive. And the second thing is that the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is doing something awesome. They are doing... I'm so excited about this. At Home Harry Potter. I watched the first video yesterday with Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter himself, reading the first chapter, and I, I watched it with T. My heart. And they have... And it's if you have kids especially, and they like Harry Potter, they have activities you can do that are different house points. Like if you write like a paragraph about something, you get five house points. If you draw a picture of McGonagall as a cat, you get five house points. And there's quizzes you can take. It's just... it's awesome um if i also just think that daniel radcliffe is so fucking cute oh like oh he's precious it was really funny though because (laughs) t was watching this and what did he say exactly he said something about his beard like why does he have a beard or something he said something because he's 31 years he said something that's why (laughs) yeah he said something like did he always have a beard? There was something weird like that. And I looked at him and I go, T, do you have a beard? And he's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, you don't have a beard because you're a kid. So when he was a kid filming the Harry Potter movies, he's not going to have a beard. He's a grown man now. He did Harry Potter a long time ago, yet he still loves it. So he wants to share these videos with you guys. Um, So I'm going to, I'm already signed up for all that stuff. So I'll get the emails and everything. But if you're not and you are a Harry Potter fan or if your kids are a Harry Potter fan, that made my day yesterday when I watched it. So go for it. And I'm rereading Precious. the books now too, Keegan. Love it. I am so far behind because I've just been so busy with other things. Uh, it's taking me forever to get through the fifth book. But yes, I love it. I think that it's amazing. I watched part of him reading the first chapter and I just think that he's precious. He's so, so. precious. And I love that you could hear like background noise and he, you can tell he's kind of like annoyed with it. Like, sorry. Um, but it was it was awesome to hear him say the characters names just like he did when he was younger. There was something very nostalgic and wonderful about it. So uh, again, if you're a fan of that, 
check it out. It's been really a positive thing for me. So, yeah. All right. So obviously we didn't get to cover a lot of things that we wanted to talk about. Um, But if there are things specifically that you all want us to discuss on our What's in the News episodes, you can go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com. Or you can send us a direct message on our Instagram at angry neighborhood feminist and follow us there. We also have a Twitter that we sometimes use at Yamp Podcast. Y A N F podcast we also have a facebook business and group page you can go ahead and rate and review us on that business page and chat with your other listeners on the group page and if you don't already go ahead and listen to us on radio public it's a free way for you to listen and it helps us out a little bit but i also forgot that you can rate and review us on apple Podcasts, and that's super important and we really appreciate that you guys have been doing it that is all we have for you today with all of that being said we encourage you to to rage rage on. on bye Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.